Ah, the week is over. We just got to make it through the next few hours and then we can call it a fucking day and start enjoying our weekend. I am looking forward to it. I hope you are. It's been a long, long week. Lots of stuff going on. Fun stuff. Um, recording this today on Thursday and uh, like I said yesterday, or um, it is my girlfriend's birthday today, so we had a great dinner together. Um and uh, she's upstairs right now putting the kid to bed. But uh, it's uh, been a great day and been a great week. Um, and I can't wait to close it out and start next week because, man, another full week coming in, coming ahead next week. But we still got one more to do. And trust me, tonight it's going to bring you a little bit of nostalgia. So let's just go ahead and get this shit started, shall we? In life and in music, there is always a dark side. Whether the truth is something you don't want to tell or something somebody doesn't want to hear. These are those stories. The Black Rose Media proudly presents the dark side of music. Welcome everybody to the dark side of music. I am the great and powerful king of kings, emperor of all that is awesome, Derek. How the hell are you doing today on this beautiful March 4th of the year that is 2020 part two? Woo! Man, it's been a busy week. I am I am happy this week is over. Um, it's just been nonstop uh, doing the Rockville promotions and emails coming in uh, like fucking crazy and Everything else in between and doing interviews. I still got one more to do on Friday for Monday. So it's going to be a. It's still going. It's still going. So I don't even really get a weekend. But it is what it is. I hope you all enjoyed it. We had a great week this week. Um, and again, it's not over because tonight I have a band that's kind of a blast from the past. And um, you might. You might be a little shocked and, you know, bring back that nostalgic feeling. So, this band was formed in 99. And since that date has released three albums. And, man, these fucking albums have just been fucking phenomenal. Um, It was Letting Go in 2002, Two in 2004, and The Silver Lining in 2008. And then their, and then Aftermath in 2015, their little mini LP but, guys, tonight I'm talking to the band out of Los Angeles, California, known as Earshot. With such hits as Get Away and Wait, and just so much good shit over the years. However, over the last few years, they've been kind of silent. Um, since 2014, they've only released three singles, including one in, um, that was a cover. So we're going to talk to Will about that and a whole bunch more. But first, we're going to go ahead and live that nostalgia. We're going to go ahead and play their newest single a little bit later. But first, I want to go ahead and bring back the nostalgia from Earshot. So we're going to go ahead and play their first biggest hit to kick off this episode. So here is Getaway by Earshot. When broken, kind remarks and your words are spoken. Driving far from a path of destruction, coming ever so close to throwing it all away. Is this awesome, great big lie? Working on something deep down that you should have never kept inside. How much must I live through just to get away? Oh, this tension. 
That was Getaway by Earshot. And let's go ahead and bring on the man, the myth, the legend behind Earshot, Mr. Will Martin. Hey, buddy. How are you? You know what? I could not be better. How the hell are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm even better now. I'm get to hang with you for, <laughs> uh, for a little bit anyway. Hell yeah. You know what? I've been looking forward to this all week, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm stoked. Um, right. I, understand nice where you're, I understand where you're, the last interview for you for the week, so... For this week, yes, yes. And so you saved the best for last. I did, I did. Yeah. Clearly. I, yeah, I mean, I gotta, you know, I, I do five shows a week. I gotta make sure I plan these out perfectly. That's great. Good but, for you. <laughs> you know, that's a busy life over here. Um, but you know what, I do it because I love it. Um, and it's been a hell of a last two years since I've started the show. Um, so it's like just all these new people and constantly just talking to bands. It's just been a dream come fucking true. I can just tell you that much. Nice. Nice. So let's go ahead and just dive right in here, man. I mean, so we just heard earshot. I mean, you earshot. We just heard, um, get away. Um, can you believe that song is 20 years old? You know, it feels just like it yesterday, to yeah. be honest. Um, and it's it's even crazier that it it still gets played, you know. That's yeah. it's it's an amazing thing to know that, you know, we created something that just had such an impact with for people. And so it's just yeah, man, it's a crazy crazy feeling, crazy thing to think about. Yeah, <clears throat> um, because let's be honest for a second here. A lot of people, um, not myself included, cause I don't, I hate this phrase. And I, and I talked to, um, the band, the verve pipe about this exact same thing because they had a similar situation with their song, the freshman in the early, in the mid nineties. 
Um, but a lot of band, a lot of people would put you in that category of one hit wonder because of Getaway, and I hate that. I hate that term because I, you guys are still twenty years later doing your thing. Obviously, it's bigger than that. Yeah. But you said something right there that kind of sums up why the whole idea of one hit wonder doesn't exist because people hear that song. You know, I hadn't heard that song in a couple years and I still remember the words like it was yesterday. Like you just said, it felt like just yesterday yeah. and it still gets played. It has that, it still resonates with people and people then once you hear, they hear it, it's like, Oh shit, I gotta go book that band up. Oh shit. They have all these new songs out. Damn. Yeah. What the hell? I've, I've been sleeping on this fucking band. And then it just kind of brings it back in. So that whole idea, especially nowadays with the advent of Spotify and Amazon and yada, 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 it doesn't even matter anymore. You could come back from obscurity at any given point in time. And the fact that, again, you're still around 20 years later doing this and still having that song be played and still having that song be popular is still a fucking amazing thing. It is. And, you know, it, it, what's crazier is as popular as Getaway um, was for us, Wait continues to be by far and away our biggest streaming song. I mean, week in, week out, we get 330 streams a week just on wait. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. Um, and again, man, it's just, you know, I don't, people don't realize that lightning, it's like capturing lightning in a bottle, you know, when we write these things. And, uh, you know, to, to be able to do that once is a big feat in and of itself, but to, but to do it more than that is, you know, it's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it does take a lot more than just the four or five members in the band. It's, it takes, you know, it, it still takes an act of, you know, God from record labels to put any money into a band. Um, it yeah. takes a lot of, you know, A&R, a lot of PR, a lot of this and that, you know, to get people to notice a band it's still you know it's still hard as hell to do um and the thing about it is you know it it just it takes a lot and with that being said you know some of these bands that have been around for 20 30 40 years mm -hmm. that still can pump out these albums and records all the damn time and still just have hit after hit after hit you know they have a lot more to thank than themselves for that and, you know, it's, you know, record execs, it's this or that, it's management, it's, again, like I said, PR and this and that. It, it's, there's so much to it. And I think a lot of bands and a lot of fans forget that. Yeah. And, you know, there is, it, it's, it, it takes, it takes an entire team, um, you know, to, to, to have things um, work out and, but really, most importantly, it's it's the fans, it's the people that are listening to the music that really make it come alive. And um, it's it has to be a perfect alignment of everything: the stars, the moon, the sun. Obviously, you got to have the music. Um, but it really is it's it's a gargantuan effort um, to just even get an, a record out. Uh, and to get it promoted. I mean, it, there's just so many different moving parts to it. Um, so no, we've, we've been very fortunate, um, you know, when we were at Warner Brothers to be able to have a team of people and our manager at the time uh, to really, really put a lot of support behind us uh, for a band that had never even had a record out before. They really went all out, uh, from jump on us and uh it's something that i'll never forget that you know that's that's a big deal to me when when anybody goes out on a limb uh for me it's it's a big deal so your first two albums were released through warner brothers and then the third one uh not what happened there what was that one more time i'm sorry the first two albums that you guys released were yep. released through warner brothers uh, like you just said, and then the third one wasn't. What ended up happening there? So what happened was is there was a personnel shift at Warner Brothers shortly after our first record came out. There was a a new incoming head of Warner Brothers, and the outgoing president was 
the person that actually had signed us. So there was a little, there was a little turbulence as usually happens in those cases. Um, we were fortunate enough that we didn't fall victim to what usually happens to bands in those scenarios where the record usually just never comes out or support gets pulled for it altogether. Um, but I think, you know, because Getaway at the time when that happened, I mean, it was already, we did 64,000 copies of that record in our first week, which was, which was a, a big record there at Warner Brothers for a, a band that, for their debut album, mm -hmm. uh, even surpassing at the time Linkin Park, their debut album. So we had a lot of steam going. And um, I think because of that and the fact that by that time also we were at top 10 at radio at Active Rock, um, I think I think they had to let us, you know, keep swimming out there. And as far as our second record, they uh, they owed us that second record. So um, they they did they did everything that they were obligated to do per the contract for our second record. And then I think I think the intention uh, for the new incoming administration into Warner Brothers at the time, I think the thinking was. We'll do what we are obligated to do, and then we're moving on. And that's what happened. And I think it was about a year, year and a half later, when we uh, did our next deal with uh, Indigoot, Fontana Universal, for the Silver Lining. Uh, yeah, because around that time, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that was happening to a lot of rock bands, um, yeah. just the switching and so on and so forth, because... At that time, there was a definite shift in listening habits. Because, um, I mean, throughout the 90s, um, after grunge kind of went away, and then starting off in the 2000s, rock was kind of the last thing on people's minds. You know, kind of after that, you know, like I said, after grunge went away, it was wasn't it was second thought. It was it was all became hip hop. It all became pop and rap, um, yeah. and you know that that showed on MTV. That showed on terrestrial radio at the time, mm -hmm. and um, it was just an absolute just shift in what execs thought was popular, and yeah. I think that was definitely the what killed, and I use that in air quotes um, rock and what people you know you know had that assumption of. Well, rock is dead because corporate America is telling us that rock is dead. It yeah. never died because obviously there's, you know, it, it's now bigger than ever, in my opinion. Um, but it was that whole shift in what people thought was cool. And I'm not sure exactly what caused that shift. Um, I hated it at the time. Um, I still think, you know, looking back 20 years later, 18 years, 15, whatever years, a year later, um, yeah. it was a shitty time for a lot of different bands and the bands that, survived it you know are still around today most of them are but the ones mm -hmm. that didn't definitely got the shaft and i think it was just a shitty time all around yeah i mean you know we've heard that term thrown around a lot right that rock is dead um i, I don't i don't think it's dead and i don't think it will ever die but it's nope. definitely uh it's been on the ropes for a while when you look at um when you look at hip-hop or pop or country, those genres, in terms of, you know, how much artists make, rock rock bands are at the bottom of the, of the pile there. Um, it's tough going. And I'm not, there are probably a lot of reasons why that is. Um, maybe some of it has to do with demographics. I'm sure it does, but um, it just doesn't, rock doesn't seem to get as much attention and i think you know from a label side i think it probably has to do with there's just not as much money in it for them as there used to be especially now that you know there's no more cds and everything streaming now right so um streaming revenues are pretty low as well for all artists unless you're you know a mega artist and where you can you know kind of structure your own deal with streaming companies but uh it's tough man and it's really it's still really tough out there for rock bands to get out there it's it's expensive to tour um you know it's not like you could just hop in the you know in the van or a bus and just go tour i mean it costs a lot of money to tour and it takes uh you know just as much effort as it does to you know put out a record 
you know, if not more, you know, to, to move an entire band and crew of people across the country from city to city. Yeah, I mean, because it's no secret. Nowadays, the only way rock musicians make money is straight up merch and touring. Um, and you, and that's why you see, you know, bands that put an album two or three years ago, still touring off that same album. And then maybe while they're at home for the six weeks in between tours, they might throw us album together real quick. And then, you know, um, but the, they spent the entire time, you know, while they're on the road writing and doing this and doing that and stopping at, you know, this, you know, little place over here to record a little bit and over here to record a little bit and start doing demos and this and that. And they, while they're on that tour, they're also writing and doing a whole bunch of stuff. And, and then they get to run to do it again. Then they turn around and do it again. Um, because you're right, you know, streaming in this day and age sucks. I mean, it's like 0.0023 cents for every stream, something like that, some odd number. And it's like $5,000 roughly for every million streams, give or take, depending on, you know, the deal you have. And, you know, so think about that to everybody at home. I mean, you, you might pay your nine ninety nine a month or your $15 a month, whatever, for Amazon or Spotify or whatever. But back in the day, you were spending that on however many albums per month. And that was done by multiple different people. And now that's not happening. So, you know, now it's ad revenue and it's that $9 that you spend a month gets divided up between however many thousands and thousands and thousands of bands that you you know, may or may not listen to. And it's, it's a tough market out there. And that's why I say, you know, take the time and go to these, you know, small little shows, take these times to go watch a band that you've never seen before at a festival or never even heard of at a festival. You paid your money, go watch these bands because every dime helps. I mean, I talked to a band yesterday, um, that, you know, it's still relatively new, but they're, they've been touring, 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 and, you know, trying to put out, you know, good stuff and so on and so forth. But, you know, they still have their nine to fives and they're still going out and trying to tour. They're still trying to go out and record. They're still doing this and that. And it's, it's like, man, it just sucks. You know, we had, we had a long talk about what the definition of making it is these days. And it's like, what is that definition? We couldn't even come up to a, you know, a, a realization of what it is anymore mm-hmm. we don't even know yeah well you know i mean so just for the record i think that you know although streaming has really impacted uh you know what artists make to live on nowadays you know streaming has also been a positive thing as well i mean it and i was just talking about this to somebody either today or yesterday um because most of our listeners that stream our music live on Spotify. Not very many of them live on, for example, Apple Music platform. And that's because Apple Music doesn't have a free tier the way the Spotify does. So naturally, because Spotify has a free tier, that's where people you know, wanna go. And we were talking about why that is. And, and I mentioned that it's crazy to me to think of like back when record stores existed, I can only imagine if somebody had turned me loose into a warehouse records or a tower records and said, Hey, Will, for $10 a month, you can come in here and take as many CDs albums as you want and take them home. That's essentially what we have now. And that's the beauty of streaming. I mean, for $10, I mean, I would spend, you know, Twenty, thirty dollars every time I walked into a record store, and that could be you know two or three times a month. So, music is way cheaper than it ever was back when you know I was buying records, and and I think therein lies part of the problem. It's it's harder for even our fans to to find our music whenever we release new music because there's so much music out there, and there's so little time to, for them to listen to everything. There's just not enough bandwidth for them to check everything out. And I think that's beginning to start to happen with tours now, now that you have a lot of smaller bands that are, you know, just jumping in their own cars and traveling across the country uh, to play shows, you know, trying to get some traction from the music that they've put out on their own. So it's, I think, I feel like we're getting to a point even where it's 
along with ticket prices, as you know, ticket prices today are just astronomical. And so I think that really forces, you know, fans to, to sort of pick and choose what they can and can't see. And, and there's just not enough money for them to see everything that they want to see. So it's a little bit of a dilemma, you know, and I think again, rock music and rock bands are the ones that suffer the most out of them just simply because there's less revenue made from rock music. I agree. I agree. And, and as, and you're right though. Um, as far as being a fan goes, I mean, it's definitely, <laughs> you know, the, the opportunities there are endless. I mean, you mentioned Spotify having a free tier, but on top of that, now pretty much everyone in America has an Amazon Prime, uh, you know, membership, and Amazon Music comes free with your Prime membership, uh, yeah. and they put very little limitations on that. Um, why is my alarm going off? Um, but uh, you know, the ability to pre-save an album and then wake up on the day of its release and it's already there on your phone, and then yeah. you. Bluetooth it and bam, you're listening to it right away. Mm -hmm. You know, no more waiting at, you know, Sam Goody or Peaches or wherever you used to get your Sam music. Goody. Yeah. Wow, I haven't that name, Sam Goody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Virgin Records or wherever at midnight to wait for that new album to come out, which mm -hmm. I kind of miss because that was, that was pretty cool to have that physical copy in your hands. Um, yeah. But now, if you want a physical copy in it in your hands, it's like, we've reverted back to the seventies again. We're all buying vinyl. It's it, that's kind of weird, but um... yeah, yeah. I've, I've been, I've been watching that and I've, I've been quietly wondering like, where are all the record players? Like, that's great. You can buy vinyl, but I don't, I don't know anybody that, okay. Maybe I know one or two people personally that have even a record player. Like how, how are they playing these things? That's what I want to know. I, I never, and where do you buy one even? Where do you buy a record? Like so, Amazon, I guess. Man, me and my girlfriend just bought one off of Amazon. Yeah. Um, we bought one at Christmas time, and then for Christmas, we also bought her brother one, um, with a bunch of old Led Zeppelin uh, records because he's a big yeah. Zeppelin head. Um, but uh, yeah, that that piece is kind of weird to me because like you can walk into a Walmart these days and no more CD sections, but damn it, they have a full record section, which is like, what the hell is this? Um. But, and, I'm, and I mean, listen, and I'm an audiophile. At least I consider myself to be one. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, I I mean, when I listen to a vinyl recording of something next to, for example, like a CD, I, I'm, I mean, I've never thought that a piece of vinyl sounded better than a CD. I just never did. Like, there's just so much more fidelity out of a CD than a, than a vinyl could ever give. Now, if I'm listening to older music or stuff that that's not musically as dense as with heavy rock music, then sure, it sounds great. If you're listening to Neil Young records or, or jazz records, or even like, you know, old classic rock albums. But I've never, I, I've just never agreed that with modern rock music that vinyl sounds better maybe it sounds better than digital. I don't know. I think that would even be a stretch too. I mean, I know that, I know that streaming music doesn't sound as good as a CD. It's not there yet, but I think like with Apple, it's getting there though. It's getting, in fact, with their, the new Dolby Atmos that they're, that they're using on a lot of their albums, these records sound unbelievable. When yeah. I listen to them, it's, it's fucking mind blowing. Like yeah. how great streaming music on Apple is right now. And I'm sure that Spotify and Amazon have similar things coming in the pipeline, but I, I just don't, I don't understand the, the vinyl phenomena, I guess, as much yeah. as, as some do. Yeah. Amazon. Cause that's the one I use. Cause I'm sponsored by them. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, they, uh, they have the Dolby Atmos. They also have uh, real HD and then full HD and, all these different types of, you know, different, and they're all depends on how it was recorded. And yeah. I can definitely tell a difference um, going back and forth between Spotify and uh, Amazon. Because um, I don't really use Spotify too much. I've never really been a big fan of their platform um, or how it, you know, kind of works. But I've always been a fan of Amazon, so I was happy to sign that sponsorship. But um, I feel like Spotify, the, the cool thing that I like about Spotify is I like 
I like its music suggestions that it gives me a lot better. I, I feel like it gives me a lot of things to pick from um, more so than than Amazon music or even Apple music. Like there's just a lot more variety. And I feel like, I feel like they nailed it a little better too with the stuff that, that I'm going to like that I haven't heard. That's yeah. just my own. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I haven't used it to that extent to where I know that happens or not, but I know yeah. that Amazon works well for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it does a pretty damn good job of, you know, yeah. kind of predicting my listening habits. So, but again, it's, that is the beauty of this conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you like Spotify more. I like Amazon more, but there's somebody else that likes Deezer more, right. uh, you know, or, um, you know, or likes Amazon or excuse me, likes I, Apple music yeah. or whatever, or iHeartRadio, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that is the beauty of this whole conversation. It's because it's so accessible nowadays, you have the options that you didn't have 15, 20 years ago. Right. Um, at that point in time, I mean, if we didn't want to buy it, we stole it illegally from Napster or, or LimeWire or Kazaa or, and then risk getting the fucking... <laughs> you know virus in the process but damn right. it we we got that album or maybe part that of an album free. yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely and we all burned it and gave it away to our friends <laughs> yeah yeah no you're right i mean there's so many there's still so many streaming platforms out there and they all do a pretty great job they i do. think and um i mean the good thing the good news is is that music has been made more accessible you know, this is another thing I was talking about with someone the other day as well, in terms of how music streaming has impacted uh, music. And I think perhaps one of the, the biggest benefits is that, you know, back in the day when we were on Warner Brothers, for our record to reach fans in the UK, for example, it would only get there on an import. Right. And, and that could take a long time from when it was released in the States for them to, because it's expensive for them to ship product. And then they have to do licensing agreements with, you know, their counterparts. And it's, it's, it seems like it should be an easy process, but it's not. Yeah. But now with streaming, you know, that's sort of been erased. And, and since it's, you know, music's available on all these dif different streaming platforms it's pretty much available right away worldwide. And I think that's really cool. That, that is 100% cool. All right. So we're going to take a quick break from this conversation. And we're going to go ahead and play uh, your newest release that was just released back on February 13th called You and I. So here is You and I by Earshot. <laughs> Restless You see me 
their newest release that came out back on February 13th. Let's go ahead and bring Will back on and finish up our conversation. So that was uh, February 14th, just to correct you. There. See, Amazon's wrong. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe they put it out a day early because they were so excited. You know, this new New Year's shot come across that they just unilaterally decided to put it out a day early. Maybe. Hey, you know what? Everyone's wrong from time to time. I'm, I'll admit it when I'm wrong. I, actually, you know, it, I, for once, Wikipedia is right over <laughs> over other news sources. Wow. I, I should have looked at Wikipedia. Damn. That's, that's new. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. That's news to me. I mean, sometimes yeah. Wikipedia is right. Look at that. I see. I learn something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that song is fitting for Valentine's Day. Uh, I thought so. I mean, uh, we actually finished recording and mixing and mastering that song about, I think, five or six months prior. And um, for whatever reason, I just didn't feel like it was the right time to put it out. And when I, you know, was on my calendar and saw Valentine's Day rolling up on us, you know, soon, I thought, perfect day, since it is technically a love song. Um, and I know that I've written a lot of songs about love and relationships, but this actually marks the first, you know, sort of love song that's actually positive, um, rather than, you know, the, the heart, you know, tearing and mental anguishing of, you know, unrequited love. Uh, but <laughs> I just, uh, I, I felt like you and I was such a great song for valentine's and, and then having made that decision it dawned on me that there are a lot of you know folks out there that don't appreciate valentine's day in the same way for whatever reason mm -hmm. and so that then spawned the idea uh to do tongue-tied unplugged and that came about because when i first met andy uh, he had done a live recording of Tongue Tied on an acoustic using his phone. And it actually had come out pretty good, I thought. And I sang a scratch vocal on it. And I just never forgot that we did that. And I thought that was a really great companion song for you and I. It was sort of the antithesis, you know, in meaning, um, you know, one being a positive love song where it's, you know, someone new that you meet, that you dig a lot and you think about them all the time. And, you know, you have this sort of infatuation with this new thing. And then, and then it goes to tongue tied, which, you know, it's where it kind of falls apart and it's not so great anymore. And yeah, you go through all of that stuff as I'm sure you and everybody listening probably can relate to. So it's just, uh, it felt like, a nice package of songs for us to, to put out. And, and, and quite honestly, tongue tied was maybe one of my favorite songs off of two, which is the song that that came off of originally. Um, yeah, I definitely think we all have, um, 
those stories. I mean, I'm still in the middle of mine because um, I'm still going through my divorce, but yet I, I live with my current girlfriend. She just wrapped up her divorce last month. Yeah. So, you know, her and I are both getting divorced this year while we're together and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. This is my second divorce. This is her second divorce. And now we're like, OK, we're, we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, yeah, everyone has those stories um, mm. and, and that sucks. Um, but, you know, now at 40 years old, it's like. Okay, I want to hear some happy love songs. <laughs> I, I'm done with the the sadness. I'm done with the fighting. I'm done with the bullshit. I, yeah. I, I'm ready for something. Give me some like I don't know. Give me some Pat Benatar. I don't give a shit. Just send me something that <laughs> something happy. Um, I can do this. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you can't even if that's what you're looking for. Not even John Mayer is gonna save you because fuck John Mayer. His new record, even his new record is pretty uh, down in the dumps. I know. Yeah. You know, I was never a big John Mayer fan. I mean, probably for the same reasons that you're not really into him either. You know, all the singles that came out back in the day with the, you know, there's really cheesy kind of pop songs. And I had this really good, um, this good a friend of mine who's, well, good friend of mine now. Uh, his name's Lance Lopez. He's a phenomenal blues guitar player. Uh, when I met him for the first time, he was introduced to me through a mutual friend. And they were both in town and we were hanging out. We were drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes and doing a bunch of other bad shit that we probably shouldn't have been doing. But um, I mentioned, I made a joke, a, dis a disparaging joke using John Mayer, you know, as the butt of the joke. Mm -hmm. And he turned to me very seriously and said, don't talk shit about John Mayer. And I went, <laughs> Whoa. he goes, John Mayer is a fucking badass. And I went, are we talking about the same John? Like, really? And so I actually, once that happened, because I had so much respect for Lance that I actually went back and I started digging into to John Mayer albums. And and yes, there are the cheesy pop songs that were all over the radio, but he really does have some deep cuts that just really impressed me. And um, I wouldn't say that I'm an avid John Mayer fan, but I definitely... Uh, found some stuff that that I like that he does really well. So, as far as um, him being a songwriter, I mean, obviously he he he's very good at what he does. I I don't like it, but I respect the shit out of it. Where yeah. I respect the shit out of him, um, as far as like he has my utmost nothing but is his guitar playing ability and his yeah. overall way he composes music. And believe it or not, what actually got me sold on his guitar playing ability. And just how well he can do things um, was, I believe it was 2008, 2009, somewhere in there, Fallout Boy uh, released a cover of Beat It. And John Mayer was the guy that did the solo in that song. And mm -hmm. I was like, holy sh! I was blown away. I had no idea um, yeah. that John Mayer could play the guitar like that. Um, and I... At that point in time, I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this guy. And mm -hmm. so, like, as far as his playing ability and, the you know, the way he just is and the way he writes writes music, not lyrics, but music, I, yeah. is is phenomenal. And I will give that guy credit to the day I die. I think, it's, I think he's fantastic. Like, again, he does have a lot of cheesy, and I'm not too, big, too keen on a lot of his lyric writing, but the way yeah. he writes music itself is top-notch. Some and of the I best out there. And I just want to apologize to you and your listeners that I have hijacked this really great interview that you were doing for our new track, and I have derailed it into a John Mayer conversation. And so I take full responsibility <laughs> for this, and this was in no way your fault, and I, I, I'm sorry. You know what? Here's the thing. Um, I might be a metalhead. I might be a hard rocker. Um yeah. And I might have, but I have my guilty pleasures too. And, you know, I talk all the time about other musicians to other bands because it, it kind of, yeah, we're here to promote your new single. We're here to promote you guys. But at the same time, getting into your psyche and finding out what you like and who you are is kind of mm. part of, kind of part of it too. You know, I, I have not hid my love for Miley Cyrus over the last two years. I, I think what she did in 2020 with that, whatever Lonely Hearts, the Pink Hearts Club, whatever that album was that she released in December of 2020, 
Um, yeah. I never remember the name of the album, but it's fucking phenomenal. Um, yeah. I, I was like, damn, okay, I'm a Miley fan now. And I have no no shame in that. I talk to bands about that all the time. And like most of the time, they're like, yeah, dude, she is fucking a badass. So yeah, She's kind of got that rock and roll spirit, right? She, she does. And even though she's a pop country or I don't know what she's really considered, but she does have that rock and roll, like, I don't give a fuck attitude. I do shit my way. Yeah. You know, whatever. So, so she did an episode of, of, uh, the Netflix series, black mirror. Yeah. And in that episode was kind of, it was kind of a, a foreshadowing in my opinion to where, um, it was a pop star that didn't want to be a pop star anymore. She wanted to be a rock artist. She wanted to get up on stage and play guitar and, you know, be this amazing, you know, rock artist. Yeah. And um, at the end of that episode, she was she was started to do that. And I cannot remember, for some reason, I wanted to say it was like, it was a Nirvana song that her and her band were playing up on stage. And I was like, I was just blown away. And then... In that same year, or excuse me, the, I think it was 2019 or 2018 that she did Black Mirror. And then in 2020, she did, and I just talked about this last night, but I don't care. I'll talk about it again because I think it's fucking phenomenal. In 2020, she did a uh, um, a cover of the, uh, the Cranberry Zombie for the Save Our Stages tour. And then last year, she put out a um, Metallica cover of Nothing Else Matters. So it's I like, you know, th- this fucking chick is just a badass. So... You know I think what? she did. A, I think she did a Pat Benatar song or some shit too. And yeah, uh, yeah. No, she's she's amazing. And uh, I mean, I mean, people people kind of laugh at me too because I'm you know I'm a rock guy and a rock singer, and and people are shocked to know that I listen to all these other different kinds of music. And uh, I just love music. I'm just a big fan of music. And yeah. um, and that's why you know I always consider myself very lucky and fortunate to be able to you know write things with the guys that people like enough to listen to a millions of times literally so um yeah music's one of those things that uh you know it's just there's just so much that you know draws people you know from all different walks of life and and music taste together and you know, and there's so much music that is very similar, you know, to each other too, yet so different, you know, and it's all an interpretation. Absolutely. It's kind of like, it's kind of like you know, I mean, it, we can, you can draw comparisons to lots of things out there, you know, from, you know, Miley Cyrus, she obviously is, you know, connects herself to some of the songs that she covers and that's why she does them. Um, but, you know, that's, that's part of the, that's part of the deal with music. This something always sounds a little bit like something or reminds you of something else that you've heard. Yep. Um, you know, and for us, I mean, as you know, that was for us, that was tool, right? We got a lot of the comparisons early on about tool. And, you know, even some people I, I read in some of the forums, how, you know, they were shocked. They almost got into a car accident. Their hair caught on fire because they thought it was a new tool album that they didn't know about that come out. I mean, it's hilarious some of the things that I read, but um, you know, early on when when I was getting those comparisons, I was sort of offended in a way, and not because not because I don't like Tool or or don't think they're a great band, but because as an artist you want to be your own person, and um, you know, it's not like you know we sat down and said, oh, let's um, write something that sounds like Tool. I mean. I'm I'm not even to be honest with you I'm not even a big Tool fan. I Maybe mean I, I appreciate what they do and I think they're great musicians and I also think their songs are very long and that's that kind of is what takes me out of it. It's, it's hard for me to follow. I just want to put music in that I can sing along to out of key if if that happens and just kind of go with it and they're a very perfect finite band and that's what they do really well. But I used to be really offended by that. And I, and over the years, I've, you know, as I've understood that what fans were really doing was complimenting me on, on saying that I reminded them of something that they really loved and that they really connected with. Um, And also too, I mean, 
I was joking around the other day, you know, thank God that, you know, people weren't saying that I look like Maynard. I'm much more happier that they're saying that I sound like him, you know, so, um, but it happened, you know, that's part of it. And there's always something that's going to remind us of something. And, uh, and so we just continued to evolve and, uh, we were also experimenting with, you know, different types of arrangements, you know, guitar tones. I mean, you and I is, um, you know, a good example of that. Uh, it's, it's, you wouldn't have heard that song off of Letting Go, for example. No. Uh, you know, bands evolved. Led Zeppelin continually evolved. The Beatles continually evolved. I mean, the Beatles came out with songs like Love Me Do, for Christ's sake. And then, you know, over the years, you know, evolved into, you know, Strawberry Fields Forever and um, back in the USSR, completely different sound. And so, I mean, it's evolution in music and you, you hope, and we hope that, you know, in some ways that we can do the same thing without abandoning, you know, who we are, who our identity is in music. And um, I don't think that it's possible that that could ever change though because we're the creators of what we do. So, um, you know, there are some fans that are disappointed that we haven't come out with Letting Go 2 and Letting Go 3. And and I get it, it was a great album and we loved it. Um, but things are supposed to evolve and we want to evolve. And, um, you know, music much like life is a journey. I agree, I agree. And I'm not a big Tool fan either, so I, I I agree with you on that. It's too complex. It's more operatic to me than than anything else. But, mm. um, but so you 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 just brought up a good point. We'll go ahead and close out the sh- the show uh, with this. Um, you know the evolution and you know the whole uh, you know the whole you know destination. You know and the you know the journey is better than the destination. Um, so it's been 13 years since you released your last full length and about mm. eight years since you released your, um, your EP. EP and you've released three singles. And like I said, one of them was a cover in the last three years. Yeah. So what, where's earshot going from 2022 on? So that's a great question. And, and this is a question that has come up a lot in, in a lot of the press that I've been doing. And the answer is, is um, as we talked about earlier in the last segment about streaming, um, is that I, I just don't feel like music listeners really have the bandwidth to pay attention to an entire album anymore. That's what I that's agree. what the data that's what the data says. And I'm I'm I've always been the guy in the band. I've always paid attention to the numbers, whether it's radio, where are we at in radio, where are we at sales-wise, where are we at streaming, where are we at in ticket sales for shows. I'm always, much to my chagrin, my head and brain is always in those things, even though they probably shouldn't be. And that's why I'm getting gray hairs and, you know, a stress ball a lot of the time. But so the information and the data that I'm seeing doesn't, doesn't, reflect that putting out an entire collection of songs is really beneficial um, both for for the time that it takes for us to record an album and the expense that goes into it um, and the great care that we put into recording and getting songs mixed and mastered. We really want fans to pay attention to all of our songs that we put out. And so if we're going to put out an album of 10 or more songs where only one or two are going to be paid attention to, then to me, that's a loss. Like we're, we're, we're kind of throwing songs away into the, into the ether when the way that we are going to do it now moving forward, which, which to me makes more sense, which is to release these songs individually or maybe two at a time, but to allow us to tell the story of each song so that people can listen to it and and understand and feel the story because that's what music is about, right? It's about people connecting to a song that they hear. 
And that's why songs become our favorite songs because there's a line or maybe it's the sound of the song that just connects with us on an emotional level. And it's real easy with albums, especially these days when there's so much music out there, it's really easy to miss a really great fucking song. So this is sort of from, you know, based on the data and also from, you know, me wanting to, to ensure that all of our songs are getting a fair listen and a shake. And, um, and I think also too, and I've said this before, I think it challenges us as a band to, to stay on a cycle of releasing new music every one to two months, which is what we're currently on track to do. But I think what's really cool, you know, for fans as well is that they're not listening to music that we wrote two years ago that's just now coming out because you know it takes three to six months to write a record then it takes another six months or so to record it and another couple of months to mix and master it and then it takes another six months for the for the label to figure out you know where they're going to put you on the release calendar etc cetera, etc cetera. and then by the time the album comes out it's literally two years old mm -hmm. and so what's cool about this is it's just more real time right like when when we put out music and you're listening to it, you're literally hearing, for example, you know, what I'm writing about. That's where I'm at. That's what I'm thinking at that moment in time. And it's not something that's yesteryear, if that makes any sense. No, it makes 100% sense. Because um, there's a lot of bands that are going that way, including one of the biggest bands on the planet right now, um, Falling in Reverse, Ronnie Radke has said the exact same thing. He said, mm -hmm. Falling Reverse will never release another album. They might release an EP, but an but until he decides differently, they're only releasing singles. Um, yeah. And he's st he stayed true to that. And a lot of other bands have too as well. Because um, you're right. The listening habits and, you know, if TikTok has shown us anything, if you know, the people's attention spans these days are about a minute, that's, you know, and that's about it. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm hoping that changes over the years. But as of right now, releasing singles and EPs, um, unless you're daring enough to write a full-length uh concept album you know just just keep it simple <laughs> well and you know i mean and it better be really fucking good too to yeah. to keep someone's attention that long and not switch off to somebody else you know to listen to um you know albums are expensive to make i mean even recording a song or two is expensive um it's not cheap it's not i mean you could make it cheap it, but then you would suffer in quality and and all of those things so it's it you know the the time and and the cost you know really you know climbs up there i think you know a lot more than than people would imagine that it does um so that's sort of our plan moving forward um with regard to you know what we're going how we're going to be putting music out and in terms of touring we don't have anything on the books yet um you know we've had a couple of false starts with the pandemic as you know where it's like okay we're gonna open okay just kidding we're not okay we are and, we're, and then there's a lot of confusion about you know if things are gonna stay open or whether they're gonna close and then there's you know been a lot of rumors within the industry of people like well i heard that it might and then it will and then so i think it looks like we're gonna be in the clear moving forward which is great news it's fantastic um but we've kind of been sitting back to see which way, you know, this is going to, you know, go. And, and so that's the reason why we don't have anything on the books now, but we are looking at, you know, maybe doing some one-off shows here and there, um, you know, in the spring, early summer, maybe do some stuff, some fly dates, you know, hopefully uh, maybe, you know, something in the fall, we're kind of managing our expectations a little bit mm -hmm. and, and that, and those of our fans as well. So we're going to hopefully try to surprise people with some shows this year, but I think realistically, you know, next year will, will for sure be the year that, you know, we can finally get out there and, and do something more extensive, but, you know, really if, if, if things take a turn to where, um, you know, you and I is doing really well right now so far, and it's really early in the game. Uh, but if it continues, 
uh, as it's going and and even gets better than what it's doing traction wise then that could sort of force the issue for us to to get back out there a lot sooner rather than later that's awesome to hear it really is um and i wish you guys nothing but the best i mean the longevity in this business is sometimes shortened by you know criticisms and infighting and shit like that but you guys have made it nearly 23 years now um you guys are still pushing forward and i wish you guys nothing but the best i mean uh, i've been a fan of you guys since 2002 when i first heard uh getaway and nice. um i i won't lie you know i you know it kind of got in the back of my mind for a while and then um the moment i got that press release i was like holy shit you know blast from the past and i've been you know, listening to you and I, I've been listening to the old stuff. I've been just, you know, rocking out hard for the last couple of weeks, you know, to this stuff. And I've just been, you know, what's the word? Um, elated at the fact that you guys are still around and I can't wait to see what you guys do next. Right on, man. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you very much for the compliment. Yeah, uh, dude, my pleasure. And um, I can't wait to see, like I said, what you guys do next. Hopefully you guys will make it to the East Coast and I will be there front and center. Right on, man. Looking forward to it. And uh, and thanks for helping us out, you know, with uh, putting us on your show. And there's a million other bands that you could have put on there. So thank you for that. Dude, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Well, we'll keep uh, safe, keep healthy, and uh, we'll definitely talk again in the, uh, in the future. Uh, you got it, my friend. And... Um... Yeah, we'll do this again soon, and feel free to reach out anytime and and uh, let's grab some uh, grab some food when I'm out in that area. Where are you at, by the way? You said um, the East Coast. Yeah, I'm um, right outside of D.C. I'm in Maryland. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I'm out that way and we do come through there, let's definitely hook up for sure. Absolutely, man. I'd love that. And 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 genuinely, again, feel free to stay in touch with me. Uh, you know, I love I love staying in touch with everybody. So Absolutely. I mean that. Absolutely, man. I definitely will. Um, well, again, you take care, and we'll definitely talk again. You got it, my man. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Will from Earshot. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Um, such a good dude. Such a good band. Um, again, one of those bands that just doesn't get the... Play, uh, you know the play that they deserve so <sighs> so that wraps up another edition of the dark side of music I hope you guys enjoyed it I know I did again such a great honor to talk to him and um, definitely check out the new single you and I by earshot available everywhere now um, take your pick on what spot, you know streaming service you want to use um, but Definitely, definitely check it out and uh, listen for what Earshot does next. So we're going to go ahead and close out this episode with one more by Earshot. Probably their most popular song, even over Getaway, their song Wait. So guys, we'll be back again on Monday. And we'll be back again on Monday with the band The Lonely Ones, formerly known as Boba Flex. So definitely come back for that. But until Monday, stay happy, stay healthy, stay fucking heavy. Here is Wait by the band Earshot. See you Monday. <laughs>